something out of the corner of my eye uh, off the side of the road in a, in a culvert. And sure enough, there was two feet prints on either side of this hole. We heard an absolute inhuman noise. I freaked. I panicked. When that thing come out from behind a tree, it just scared the hell out of me. And I just said, no, I'm not going back down there. You're listening to the Skunk Ape Files. And now, here are your hosts, Stacy Brown Jr. and Paul Sanson. Hi, and welcome, everybody, to the Skunk Ape Files. I am Stacy Brown Jr., and I'm joined tonight by my partner in crime, Mr. Paul Sanson. Hello. How you doing, bud? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, not bad, man. I'm just uh, picking the ticks off of me from our last expedition. Yeah. Yeah, I had a few of them myself. God, dude. Like, no, seriously. I um, We went down the Florida Trail there by the Oscilla uh, the other night, and it was just terrible. Like, I've never pulled so many big ticks off of me at one time. They were just crawling all over me, and then... Yeah. About, I guess the next day, I ended up, I think, picking the last one off of me. You know, knock on wood. There's not another one laying down, tucked somewhere. So, I got this uh, spray. Uh, this podcast I listen to is a hunting podcast, and he uh, recommended this spray that you spray on the clothes that you're going to be wearing, and then you let it fully dry, and it's supposed to keep ticks off really well. Well, why don't you go ahead and give them a shameless plug and let me and our listeners know so that, uh, you know, maybe we have a little bit more protection than the, the uh, deep flavored seasoning of off that I've been <laughs> spraying on. Yeah, that stuff gets old. Yeah, give me a second here to get into my, my cart and see. Because I'm telling you what, man, uh, it's, I, I never realized, okay, so like, that's another thing. When I've, when I talk to, uh, people from up north, they make a big deal about the ticks. And I've never really made a big deal about the ticks. I've had ticks on me throughout my whole life. And yeah, Lyme disease was a thought, but I've never, never really had any bad reaction. And I, I yeah. can't tell, I mean, to be, to be honest with you, dude, I probably had over 200 ticks on me in my life at some point, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah the this, this stuff is, uh, it's called, it's from a company called Sawyer. And it's uh, it's per it's called permethrin. Does it work? And, uh, yeah, he said. I mean, it's got almost what's got four and a half stars on Amazon. Right. He on. uses it. He hunts a lot. He's a uh, he guides in uh, in New Zealand. He guides here in the U.S. He you know he's all over the place. So you spray it on your clothes. You let it fully dry, and then it's it's supposed to just I guess repel them. Right. And, uh, it says it's. Uh, um, repels against mosquitoes. It may carry, you know, all the stuff, um, and it's good for good for ticks and all that stuff too. You know, these days you don't know if you're uh, safer in the woods where there's no coronavirus, or <laughs> and just and just risking the mosquito-borne illnesses. You know, um, well, cool, man. I'll have to give that stuff a, um, a check out. So that'll be our uh, good deed of the day. Our free plug, yeah, for a hopefully a Paul tested and Paul approved product, right? Or are we going yeah, by Amazon know. stars at this point? Have you tested this yourself? No, I have not yet. Oh, so I we don't know. It, so, I haven't. so we don't know. Well, we will have no. to let you listeners know, and then we will provide a link on the website once it's okay. Paul tested and Paul approved. <laughs> Okay, so that'll be. I think that's a new thing we can do, you know, on the skunkapefiles.com. We can do Paul tested and Paul approved. It's like a tech video every week. You just come up with a new Leatherman tool or whatever and you show the audience, and, you know, then they can buy this stuff. And if it doesn't work, they can get their money back out of you when they see you in public. Or they can just get it back on Amazon because they'll give you money back or anything. Amazon will probably really give you your money back. <laughs> yeah. Eh, they may even just tell you to keep the product too. So. Right, right. Well, let's uh, get to it, man. Tonight we got a friend of ours. He's also uh, he's a skunk ape researcher. He's had some encounters, and he is a fellow member of the Florida Skunk Ape Project. 
Uh, tonight, let's welcome on our guest, Josh Watson. Josh, how you doing this evening? Good. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Well, not bad. Um, so I know you've told me this story probably 20 times. Tell us what got you into the skunk ape and then uh, really what your first encounter was. All right. Well, I mean, Bigfoot in general, uh, has been something that I've been exploring my whole life. Uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so you know, there everybody's either seen a Bigfoot themselves or knows somebody that has it. Uh, so it, it was something that I was always interested in. I uh, didn't didn't really pursue much of it until I did move down here to Florida and uh, got up with a lovely group of folks. Uh, you may know them, but uh, we'd go out and uh, my very first experience we were down south in florida and we had a buddy with us and we uh we were out there in one of the parks looking we we're i guess there was probably six of us i believe at that point and back then we had these the the thing i remember the most wasn't that it was a hard hike or you know, it was it was rough terrain or anything like that, but it was lugging around these big, huge cameras uh, that we used to have to use to see in the nighttime. And these things were like a, a car battery, carrying a car battery out in the woods with you, plus all your gear. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those uh, just so the the listeners can, it was like basically a large ammunition box uh, with uh, with like uh, what was down in there? It was a it was a battery charger. It was a inverter. There were several pieces down in this thing, and then it had one of these thermal cameras that were like for Cadillacs that they hooked into the to the grill of the Cadillac, so the drivers could see if there were deer in the ditch or something like that. So they they really probably weighed what what would you say? Probably twenty five pounds. Oh yeah, I mean twenty-five, maybe thirty pounds. I mean, but after you're after you're lugging them around for goodness hours and hours in the in the middle of the night, those things get heavy, man. But uh, so we were we were down south and lugging them them big old things around, and there I think there was I, I want to say there was six of us out there that night, and we had kind of split off in groups of two. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think there was only five of us at that point for some reason. Uh, but we'd split off in the groups of two, myself and my buddy, uh, Emmett. And then we had a couple other guys together lugging one of the cameras. Me and Emmett had a camera. And then, uh, you were out there with us and we were, we were, we were doing what our thing and we were, we we're probably, I don't know, 75, a hundred yards away from each other, but we were, we were kind of fanned out so we could we could do our thing and uh this thing comes running across i i remember it so it was such a funny scenario to me because the first set of people that were with us <laughs> it ran by them the and when i say it ran by them i i believe a hundred percent that this was a squatch or a skunk ape uh this thing was so big and it run by these guys and they just their their reactions to it oh no oh no ah, ah. what is it what is it get it get it and you, they were being so loud so at that point you know i would generally think that this thing would just stop and and it'd be done it, it wouldn't continue on its path where what it's doing but then it runs by me and my buddy emmett and it goes it, it's the thing is so big uh and you're you're trying to run your camera to it and and get everything because it happened so fast and uh it runs by us and it between us and you stacy uh we're now trying to, <laughs> to let you know it's coming so we're being noisy and and the thing is again uh, you would think at that point that 
that this creature may stop, but no, it didn't. It just, it, it didn't care that there were, there were six individuals out there. I don't think it would have cared if there was 20. Uh, it just continued on its path and it, and then it rolled, you know, right on past all of us. Uh, so for first encounters, that was really my, my first personal encounter here in, uh, Florida with the skunk ape. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that was your, your first real encounter that you had had with, that was my ACA. I didn't realize what you were talking about there for a minute until you, until, you know, until you said how it was running, but yeah, you didn't want to drop no names, but the, yeah, the, the I, name I, is I, important. I don't, know, I don't know if that's okay with my friends or not to be, you know, right. to be out there. And, and I know that you, you of course don't mind, but our, our other friends, you know, I don't know what they're, the privacy well, policy is so I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings or or speak about somebody without them being with us. Yeah, because if you remember, if you remember, they were your group didn't have a camera that recorded. There's no, there's a little orange handheld uh, thermal uh, in in my hands at that point. And the other group is the the group that had the uh, the the big huge camera at that point. And, uh, you know, I, the thing about it is it, it was so funny and it, it's, it's weird because that is what got me to, uh, pursue even more and actually become more serious about it. Now we had gone, uh, on probably, was that it? you know, 10 or 12, uh, camping excursions, squatch experiences previous to that. Uh, and each time was great. Um, and you know, I think there, there, there may have even been a couple times, uh, before my ACA that we, uh, that we had some kind of encounter, but the, the, some kind of encounters that we had previous to that for me, uh, they could have been explained by something else. What, who knows, but it could have been, you know, explained. It wasn't to me, it wasn't always, oh, that's a definite Sasquatch. Uh, but this thing that ran through in my ACA, this thing was huge. It was definitely on two feet. Uh, it was, God, the, just, it ran right by it, like right in between, uh, me and Emmett there. And, you know, I mean, <laughs> it, it was big. There was nothing else that could have been because anything else just naturally would have stopped Well, because we were making so much noise we were not quiet at that at that little scenario right there uh but so for first encounters that was really uh really the the one that that stands out the most to me that made me uh want to continue pursuing it no matter what until the end was this in uh was this in the state park or where was it in America? It, it it was actually back behind the state park. Uh, I no, it was still it was still in the state park. It was up if you remember. Uh, it was back behind. We went down uh, past that canal. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, so we kind of we kind of snuck around uh, this spot, and we're in a spot we weren't supposed to be in. But back in 2013, there was a video that came out from Michael Falconer that had the skunk ape walking across this field there in Mayaka, right? And we were on the in those woods that you're looking at there, but there's, there's a river in between there that you don't see on that. And we were on the other side of the river up in those woods uh, because once that happened, I called you, Josh, and we went. Like we went like the next day or something after that video came out. Oh yeah, we we literally the the day the video came out, you you hit me up and we were we were out there the very next day because it, it was on a if I'm not mistaken a hundred percent it was like on a Wednesday and we rolled out Thursday after work. I wish that lady with that camera that would come forward with whatever she was recording that day. Isn't her lady? Yeah, the the tourist person. Yeah. Yeah, the German lady. Apparently, she had taken a photo uh, a week later after that. Um, and I remember seeing that somewhere, but I don't know what happened to that for the life of me. But but you know she had really good yeah, she good had, photos she of that. She, she had, had that zoom lens. Yeah, she was, she was sitting there like it was nothing, too, you know. And 
That was I didn't realize that was your first encounter, but yeah, that was a good one, man. That was a good now, one. It, it may not have been, you know, my very first encounter here. Um, I I can actually guarantee you it wasn't the first one. It was the one that stands out the most. Uh, they, they they got me, you know, more into it than just hey, we're hanging out on the weekend, let's go squatching. Um, there there were a few others. Uh, that, I mean, there was one where we were out in, uh, in North Florida here, uh, at pretty much our favorite spot at that point. And you and I were walking down the trail, uh, and those bushes shook right next to us. Them trees were shaking. Uh, it was pouring down rain. I, I think if you want to go with encounters that were my first, that was one of my first that actually, uh, scared the living daylights out of me. Uh, I, 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 I remember in, in all of our adventures, uh, because I, I am a, a person who carries a gun, not just for anything other than protection, but, you know, carrying a gun, it's the, it's one of the first times that I was scared enough to have my gun out in my hand, ready to shoot whatever was there. Uh, and that was previous to, uh, to that trip in Mayaka. But like I said, the, uh, as for being up close and personal, where pretty much if it was light outside that night, uh, and not dark as could be, and we weren't in the, in the thick of the woods there. I would have got a, a look at what that was. It, it was that close. It ran in between us, uh, between me and Emmett there, probably, oh goodness, no more than 20 yards away from me. It, it just, it, it was so big. Uh, but that the first, the first problem, uh, and then, you know, there were a couple others because we'd gone out quite a, quite a few times before that in uh, North Florida here. But uh, none that stood out to me as much as that one did. Right on. So, um, I guess in your travels, all the uh, the time that you've done this, because you've been doing this, I know, what at least seven years, six years, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's closer to uh, almost eight now. Uh, it's been it's been quite a while since uh, 2012, 2013. Oh, right, right on, right on. Yeah, I remember. It's, it's, uh, man, this, this all becomes a blur before long. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, time flies so fast. It's, uh, it is a big blur. So I guess uh, I've been going, I've been going with Stacy now since like 13 or 14, I think. When, when did I first meet you, Paul? Like, what, 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 what trip was that? It was. Um, oh, I remember that trip. That's the trip that we <laughs> we made fun of Paul in his uh, in his window van the first time we met him. I do remember <laughs> that. That was that was over in Chattahoochee. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. I do remember. Next, next to the hobo shack. Yeah. We yep. stayed at the hobo shack. I do yep. remember that now. <laughs> it was. Uh, I tell you right here. I got a picture. It's from. Uh, yeah, 2013. Yeah. So I would say. Uh, probably closer to 2011 then, uh, when I first started going with y'all end of 2011. Right. Cause it was just me. You, I think me, you, my dad and Matt were the only people that were going then. Yeah. At that, at that point it was just the four of us. And then, uh, I read God, the times in the yurt was so much fun. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we was... had so there's so many, uh, fun times that we've had. And, you know, the, the thing about it for, for me is, you know, originally when we did first go out, uh, we, we spent so much time out in the woods looking for, uh, tracks, looking for breaks, looking for, looking for Sasquatch, looking for this thing, you know, it's, uh, God, it is amazing that it's been that long. <laughs> it's amazing. It's been that long, but it, it's. It's been a really fun adventure, and uh, I look forward to, to many, many more years of doing this until we actually can come up with finding it. Hopefully, we find them, you know, this year. But if we don't, many, many years to come. I'm good to uh, to continue doing this. It's a it's been a great adventure. So, along your adventure, um, what has been, I guess, maybe either the strangest or the the, the most frightening 
if you've had one. I, I do have one. Uh, we were same area as uh, where we first met Paul. So there, there you have okay. that. Okay. So, for, so for a little context on where we're talking about, uh, this is the second episode ever of Finding Bigfoot. The lady has a uh, handprint on her door. Uh, this is her property. We we researched there for about seven years. Uh, but that's where he's talking about, just in case you guys want to check it out, YouTube it, Finding Bigfoot, uh, Florida Handprint, and you'll see. the. Uh, but this is the location of where he's discussing. So, uh, scariest. Wow. And, and this was, uh, God, this was going to be such a great night. So, <laughs> the group of us were out, and uh, me and my buddy, one, one guy with me. Now, uh, I, I won't throw out his name, but what I will tell you is th this guy is, goodness, I, I would say every bit of six, six, uh, probably maybe six, five, six, six. Uh, he's tall, uh, but he's also big, uh, like not necessarily a huge fat guy, but big, like he's built like a like a like an ox i mean the, the dude is just big 300 pounds at least i would think uh maybe a little less but he, he's a big guy and uh me and him are are going to the the spot that that we frequent because we've had so much activity in this location and uh we pull up and and it's probably only about 11 o'clock I, I i can't for the life of me remember what month it was but I know it was about 11, 11.30 when we pulled into the place. And he's got a, a Range Rover. So we pull in and we get out of the the, the vehicle. The And to I say Range Rover because these are expensive vehicles. So they don't have many problems the way that we experienced this night as I get into this story. Um it is the most frightening time that, that I've been out in, in, in any of my adventures. So we pull into the place and we both get out of the vehicle. Uh, I'm in the passenger side. He's driving because it's his vehicle. And again, it's fancy. So nobody's letting me drive that stuff. And uh, so we get out and we're getting our backpacks on to walk up to the shack. Now, the, the shack where we're going to is probably i don't know 200 yards most from where we park uh in this in this spot and we get out of the vehicle and we're putting our backpacks on and we hear a little rustling to the left side of us now the little rustling doesn't seem like anything more than maybe an armadillo shuffling around in there just not much of a of a problem he goes to lock his vehicle right after that so we put our backpacks on and we're ready to walk up to the shack now i don't have my flashlight out of my bag even because we're so used to being there no need to have a flashlight just straight walk right up the the little dirt road to the to the shack and uh he goes to lock his truck and the truck won't lock well the truck won't also unlock so now the key fob that literally runs the vehicle so like you turn the vehicle on with the key fob you turn the vehicle off with the key fob that you know it's one of those fancy things he can't lock the car he can't unlock the car he goes to open the door and it locks on him now this is after 25 pushes of the lock and the unlock and nothing happening at all he goes to just lock it manual uh because he can, you know, he does have a, a key that'll open it as well. So he goes to lock it manual, and he goes to open the door, and it locks on its own. It won't unlock again. It won't nothing. Just it seems like everything's just done in the vehicle for no reason. And within about five seconds of him grabbing that handle and the door locking on him, this just beastly growl uh really deep just you're you're invading my space growl uh 
it was the scariest thing that I've ever heard in my life. And it was close. It was no more than 10 foot away from us, 10 foot, uh, just loud as could be. Then we hear right after the growl, we hear on the left side where we originally thought we were listening to a little armadillo shuffle through the woods. And we hear a tiny little, eh, eh, and the shuffling continues. Uh, Those little armadillos can sound huge out there. Well, the, the thing about it is, is the, uh, uh, afterward, like in hindsight, the uh uh definitely wasn't an armadillo and we knew that when we heard that part afterwards but we didn't hear the huh uh until after this growl now this growl was a growl that scared the crap out of me i i i can't lie to you i mean i didn't actually crap my pants but uh it scared me like a chill to your bone that you just i i can't describe ever having that chill to my bones ever now, not only was I scared, but this big, huge guy that I was actually now relying on to save me uh, because I was frightened uh, has got his gun out. He is back to back with me and it just frightened. I, I, I can't describe any other way than frightened. Uh, did you hear? I mean, you couldn't miss it. Uh, so when he says, did you hear it? That's the first, you can't miss it. Uh, so we're back to back and we literally walked, uh, away <laughs> scared as could be back to back to the shack. For some reason, we both felt that the shack was our, our survival right then. So it, as much as I think it probably took us a good 45 seconds where it normally would have took us, you know, three minutes to walk that little walk. It took us about 45 seconds to get there, but back to back the entire time. And it felt like the slowest 45 seconds of my life. It felt like we were actually doing a snail crawl to the dang shack to, to be safe. But back to back, uh, we walked to the shack quick as could be. Uh, but again, it felt like a lifetime. The uh, we get to the shack, we open the door real quick because it's just a little open up, uh, pull the door handle and you're in. So we open up the door, we turn the light on as quick as we can. And we both kind of just contemplate for a minute what just happened in our life. Uh, and, you know, the only thing that I can honestly think that took place that night is I was in between and he was in between. Uh a father and a baby or a mother and a baby. I'm going to say more of a father, uh, no matter how weird it is for us to think that maybe the father was out taking a baby Bigfoot for a walk in the middle of the night uh, or whatnot. But I, I think it was a father because just the growl was so bassy. Uh, you know, we, I do different, different calls out there for, for the Bigfoot and the Skunk Ape. And right. I, and I've got a lot of bass in my voice, but this thing, just the bass in its voice was probably 12 to 15 octaves lower than mine. It was just, as soon as the growl started coming at us, it, it felt like you could feel it in your bones. I don't know if anybody's ever been that scared before, but I was that night. <laughs> I was that night. Right. right. Um, but yeah, so the scariest experience was that. And then, you know, to put it in even more perspective and even better light of it, uh, the next morning, uh, and even right then, let me not even skip what, what took place right after this. So we are at the shack and we're, we're not back to back anymore, but we are backs to the wall of the shack facing out of the porch area so that if anything is coming, we're definitely about to shoot it. We've got our guns out. Uh, my buddy is just shaken, uh, shaken, not stirred. I promise you he's completely shaken up. <laughs> um, and again, he's a very big guy. I would have never, 
uh, anticipated this reaction from him nor myself. Uh, I'm not a small guy either. So, you know, I, I wouldn't have expected it from myself either. But, you know, it does go to show you do not know what you're going to do uh, in an encounter, especially when you're frightened. Uh, until you're there. And, and I'll tell you, it's not as easy to uh, be the tough guy in that scenario. It, it's really quick to, uh, to bow down and, and realize that there are other things out there that are much larger than us and probably more powerful than we'll ever be. Um, it, was, it was scary. So we're sitting there back to back. We immediately call uh, you and our other buddy that was out with us, you guys were just at a different location that evening. We called you guys probably within 30 minutes of leaving you guys, because that's how quick this took place when we arrived at our spot. Uh, in fact, I've never had activity that quick. Uh, and then just nothing else the rest of the, uh, the evening. Um, we were we were scared as could be so of course we called you guys and uh you guys rolled out there and it was probably no more than i i guess it probably took you all about 30 minutes or so to get to us from the from the time that we had uh spoken to you and that entire time me and my buddy were uh, back to the wall of this shack and now there's a there's a swinging <laughs> the, the, the messed up part about this is there is a swinging porch swing right there. Uh, we're not on the porch swing. We're sitting butt to butt to the porch and back to the door of the shack and the the wall closest to the door there. I mean, we're still just about I mean, we could have been hand in hand. We weren't holding hands by any means, but we were that close. Right. Uh, it, it it was a it was a frightening scenario. Um, in fact, it was it, it it scarred my buddy for sure. Uh, he has not come out since then with us. I I can honestly say I do not believe uh, that he, he. I know he's not been out with me since then uh, to go squatching. Now we've spoken, we we've hung out, but we we have not uh, we have not gone squatching together since then. It frightened him so much. Uh, but again, uh, another very, very close encounter as scared as I was, uh, the beauty thing is we went, uh, you guys got there 30 minutes later, uh, to make this one shorten up. Uh, you guys got there. We squatched that area the rest of the night and had zero activity whatsoever. It was a quiet, quiet night. Uh, nothing took place like whatever was there vanished. And, and I don't believe a hundred percent that these things just vanish into thin air. Now, I think that there's a lot of other things, you know, uh, that play along with it. There's orbs, there's, there's these little balls of light that we've been seeing, you know, especially, uh, recently, I mean, it's uh, more recent than than this encounter, not necessarily last week by any means, but more recently. And uh, these uh, the balls of light. So I, I but I still don't believe that a Bigfoot just vanishes into thin air uh, is what I'm saying here. So for us. Well, well, have... let me ask you now that you, you brought that up, because uh, that's something that has really changed my mind on on the Sasquatch. Cause like when you had your encounter and we found those tracks the next morning, and then we also got that audio the following night. Uh, and I'll put the audio up on the website so you guys can hear it. Um, <clears throat> but I, I, at that point still thought this was an ape, but then the, the balls of light appeared and have kind of, you know, changed my mind as to what this could be. So I know you've seen the balls of light. I think the the second encounter I had with the balls of light, you were with me. Uh, and it was just me and you there at that property. Yep. I remember you and I chased that ball of light through the woods for like 45 minutes. Right. Correct. Correct. And never, and never caught that bad boy. Um, you, you know, speaking of the balls of light, 
Yes, it, it's changed my perspective a little bit. Um, it, it doesn't change that I still think that the skunk ape and Bigfoot are a, a ape-like creature. And no doubt in my mind, I still believe that. Uh, what I am having doubts from before was that 100% I felt that Bigfoot was completely flesh and blood. Uh, and, and I'm going to tell you, when something growls at you and makes your bones like shake on the inside and you're just so terrified that I cannot imagine that that thing wasn't real. Like I, I could have, if I was a foot closer and uh, a whole lot ballsier, I could have reached out and touched that thing. Um, but of course, you know, something growling like that, I'm not going to reach out and touch it. I was scared. I cowered back and I put my back up to my buddy's back and we crab walked all the way to the shack as quick as we could. Um, so, you know, it, but at that point I felt that a hundred percent, this thing was flesh and blood. No doubt. A hundred percent couldn't be anything more, but the, the lights, as soon as those came about, yeah, it's a whole different ball game. We were pretty much inviting the light to come to us. Uh, the light would come and then we'd have some kind of activity, Bigfoot activity. Uh, you, you almost have to, once you have those encounters like we've had, you almost have to, to put it into supernatural or paranormal or God, I hate to throw it out there, alien, uh, whatever it may be now portals, uh, this and that. So you now have to open your mind up even more. So when we first started doing this, um, and I don't think you were any different, Stacy, uh, the belief was we were chasing an actual creature that there was a possibility that we may be able to catch. Uh, but now further in my research and, and, you know, being in the group with you, uh, this has become more, I've had to open up my mind because there's a possibility that it's not a flesh and blood creature and that it is something different. That's why we don't have bones. That's why we don't have a body. Uh, there is now that possibility. It's opened up my mind to different possibilities. Now, in the end, if we catch this creature and it's completely flesh and blood, I'm going to trip out that there's still other things out there, uh, something different. But, you know, until we, we do actually catch this thing, I've, I've got my mind wide open that it could be anything. There, the, the possibility is actually endless at this point. Um, we've had, I mean, just the different things that have taken place the lights, then you've got Bigfoot activity. You've got Bigfoot activity some nights with no lights. Uh, so, you know, I, I really think that sometimes we may be, and this is my own thoughts, but sometimes we may be catching this thing wanting to go home. Uh, there's time, like maybe Bigfoot, sounds funny, takes a vacation from where he's at to come here. Uh, or, right. or maybe he's going on vacation there and lives here. Who knows one way or another, uh, there's a possibility, you know, in my mind now that he can either travel through time, uh, travel through space or travel through even something larger that, you know, is, uh, above my own beliefs at this point. Uh, but you, you have to. The, the one thing I've learned in all this research uh, is that you have to be open-minded. Uh, I was pretty closed-minded in the beginning, again, that this was completely flesh and blood. In the last three to four years, it, it's it's different. It's definitely different. Right, right. Well, um, I guess being a researcher and being to all the different spots that you've been to uh, – where would be your number one spot to go squatching if you had to, um, you know, if you had to go look, where would you go? Well, home sweet home, baby, home sweet home. 
my number one spot would be the Olympic Peninsula. Now, not the Olympic Peninsula like a lot of folks know where you can go in and hike on your own. I want to go to the Olympic Peninsula where you're not supposed to be, where you can't go, where most people won't go. Uh, that's where I, my ideal spot to go would be. Um, if I couldn't have my ideal, my ideal right there in the Olympic Peninsula still where everybody else is. Uh, I, I don't just have one though. There's so, there's so many, uh, and there's so many things out there that may be misconstrued into different folklore legends that are actually Bigfoot. Um, so, you know, there's, there's places like New Jersey where I'd love to go to look for the Jersey devil, which I think is probably New Jersey's rendition of a Bigfoot, to be perfectly honest. Um, every, everybody sees what they want to see. Um, you've got the, <laughs> there's a prime example of it. And I, and I really don't know if you even want, if I should talk about it at all. Uh, but there's a there's a little town in, in Florida here that they had a creature. Oh, yeah. Go for it. Talk about it, man. Name it up. Uh, well, yeah. Promote it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, down here in Florida, there's a there's a little town called Barden. And in this town, they have a creature that what I would originally have thought was seen in the town of Barden would have been a Bigfoot. So this Bigfoot creature, uh, the, the first encounter that, that, they, that they speak about down there, uh, I would think is a Bigfoot. Now, from there, this creature has turned into what looks exactly like an ape, a chimpanzee, uh, not your typical skunk ape. Uh, by no means, like by no means does the Barden Booger have the same look as a Bigfoot. Um, it's close because it's an ape creature, uh, but it's, it's not a Bigfoot. So it's, it's turned from having a Bigfoot sighting that somebody saw a Bigfoot to everybody's interpretation of said Bigfoot now has turned into a small chimpanzee ape creature uh, that stands about five foot four. So the everybody's interpretation is different is where I'm going with that. Um, so yeah, it even it even carries a lantern. Just for those of you that don't know, you know down there, they they've they've made it into uh, a popular thing, which is great. It, it spreads awareness, um, but it also shows that everybody's rendition of what they see is different. Um, you and I, I mean, I, I want to believe that if you and I are looking at something together that we're going to say, okay, that looks like a Bigfoot. It's got the long hair in the face. Look at the, look at the, the cheeks, look at the forehead, look at the, you know, look at the things that we're seeing. This is a Bigfoot. I'm not seeing a Bigfoot and you're looking at it and you're like, okay, you're seeing a Bigfoot right now, Josh, but I am seeing a deer with yeah that's just a male deer man um you know we we should be seeing the same thing but the renditions of of everybody's are close enough to to have me think that what they're seeing is is different types of bigfoot here in the united states uh so number one would be the olympic peninsula hands down for me just because that's my home sweet home that's literally where born and raised uh, Josh, how, how many people do you think, uh, just out of the blue, do you think have misid misidentified these things and, you know, seen a bear? I, and I'm, I'm going to, to think it's safe to assume, uh, the folks that are seeing Jersey devils, the folks that are seeing Barden boogers, uh, the folks that are seeing, uh, the dog man, and and I don't want to discredit the dog man as possibly being werewolf. Uh, again, this is something you have to getting into this uh, as close minded as you are. If you're going to pursue research on this type of creature, Bigfoot, you have to open your mind. 
Uh, I think a lot of people have the misinterpretation there, Paul. Uh, if the if they're calling it a Jersey Devil and saying that that thing uh, it looks like a Bigfoot to some people, but looks like an actual devil on hooves to others, I, I think it's misidentification. I think they're seeing Bigfoot. So all of the people who have seen a devil are probably seeing a baby Bigfoot. Um, they just it's so quick. You're seeing it at night. You you don't always get a full grasp of what you're actually seeing. So there, there's a strong possibility that a lot of times, no matter who it is that's seeing something, uh, is misinterpreting what they're seeing. What is it uh, that you want to get out of Bigfooting? What's your, you want to see one? I mean, I guess we all want to see the species proven to be real, but what do you want to get out of it? Do I want to see one? Uh, yeah, of course I do. Uh, do I want to see one up close and personal? Of course I do. What do uh, the thing is? I I believe I've seen one. Uh, I believe I so seeing one isn't exciting anymore. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like uh, it, you can see your PlayStation, but you can never touch it. You know, it loses its excitement really quick. Uh, so seeing it, I, I don't, I don't say I want to see one. I want to see one up close and personal again. I've, I've been up close and personal with one, a hundred percent. No doubt in my mind, what I encountered that night was a very angry Bigfoot because I was in, in between him and the babies or her and the babies, whatever the case was. Um, but, uh, what do I want to get out of it? I, I want to get proof. Uh, I want to be able to be the the person, the group. I, I, I don't need the, the the fortune and fame all to myself. I want to be with my friends out there like we do and find proof, be the ones to prove everybody wrong. I, I want to take those non-believers and prove them wrong. Uh, it, it's that's my goal. Prove them wrong. Why? Uh well, everybody thinks we're crazy going out in the woods. It's proven wrong that we're not crazy. There is other things out there. <laughs> well, we we probably are a little crazy though. It, it it'd be cool for me in the end to not be the crazy guy. <laughs> to be to call all to be able to prove to all the non-believers that they're the crazy ones. You know, all the it it, it becomes a it becomes an obsession. Uh, this isn't this isn't just something I do. Uh, every now and again, this isn't something I think about every now and again, I think about Bigfoot or going Bigfooting, uh, at least once a day, uh, probably a lot more than once a day. I'll, I'll not seem so weird about it, but at least once a day, I think about the Bigfoot experiences and, and what, what is out there and what we're, what we're trying to do, what we're, what we are in the end going to accomplish by finding, you know, the proof that this thing exists uh it, it it's it's an obsession there's it is I, I know what you mean you know but you know those those new uh garden gnomes that you have are not going to let you uh, forget about bigfoot either i mean literally walking to josh's house all you see is bigfoot stuff from the time you you get out your car to go into the house so and and the and see that that's that's my point to it you know it's it's not just uh, an obsession for the belief in Bigfoot and the belief that we're going to be the folks that find it. But it's an obsession in a literal sense. Uh, like you just said, there isn't a room in my house that doesn't have something Bigfoot. Uh, I've got a Bigfoot shower curtain. I've got Bigfoot bath mats. I've got a Bigfoot living room rug. Like most people get fancy <laughs> rugs for their, for their front room. Uh, I've got a Bigfoot rug for my front room. I've got garden, Bigfoot garden gnomes. Like if you get garden gnomes, you would get actual garden gnomes. I, I don't have actual garden gnomes. I have Bigfoot garden gnomes. Uh, I've got Bigfoot shirts galore. I've got, uh, you know, it, it becomes an obsession where it, you, you, for me, it did. I don't know about everybody else. I, I can't speak for everyone, but you know, it's, it's, it's the most enjoyable thing, uh, for me just every day. It's something that takes my mind off of the, the mundane everyday things. You know, I've got a, 
I've got a wife, I've got kids, I've got a, a full-time job. I, I, you know, I, I, I have a lot to juggle around on a daily basis and it just, it's, it's a relief. Bigfoot is a relief. It's a great obsession to have. Uh, it does get expensive, but it's a great, it's a great obsession. If you're going to obsess, you know, if we had all the money spent just on going camping, and had stuck that money in a 401k. Oh, yeah. Hey, Bro, uh, we, well, we could retire, like, soon. <laughs> I right, mean, we'd right. have to pay the penalty, but we'd be to, set we up. We work much longer right now. <laughs> wow, you know. Well, man, uh, yeah, that's about it. We're running out of time, but I appreciate you coming on. We'll have to have you back. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, man. So, yeah, yeah, dude. Thanks a lot. And, uh you know, everybody, y'all be hearing from Josh soon, who, by the way, is the skunk ape himself in the skunk ape lives. All right. Well, thank you much, Josh. Uh, wow, dude. <laughs> he can talk for a while, can he? Yeah. Yeah. He's got some stories. He does, man. And, you know, I didn't really realize it uh, because, like he said, over the years, this stuff kind of you know the time it flies i can't believe we've really almost been doing this 10 years and i completely forgot that you know i met you in 2013 like i really didn't think i had uh known you before 2017 because you just uh, you don't never realize it it was uh april 26 2013 that was the day that i got there at the the place he used to go to Wow, time flies, I guess, when you're having fun. So, uh, you know, yeah. maybe we just need to hurry up one of these days and make a discovery. But it, once we do that, what will we do with our time? <laughs> uh, keep on doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, everybody, thank you all for tuning in this week. Um, remember to check out skunkapefiles.com every single day for new content, new info, the web series. Uh, the podcast, and everything else. So thank you all for tuning in. I'm Stacy Brown, Jr. And I'm Paul Sanson. You're listening to the Skunk Ape Files.